Blog Talk Radio. Good afternoon. My name is Jeanette Abney, and I want to thank you for joining me here at Precious Predictions Blog Radio. I first want to thank my Heavenly Father for blessing me this morning. I also want to thank my loyal listeners for joining me on the show today and the other shows that you join me on. Now, today, I want to get started because I kind of go by real fast. And I have a lot of information to share, as well as have a very special guest on the air with me that is going to be helping me with this show today. And today's topic is entitled Unresolved Childhood Trauma. Now, when we talk about unresolved, that means that things may have happened, but the person may not have had the ability to work through it, to try to get some answers or get some help to help them with whatever it is they may be experiencing, feeling, thinking, or the way they've been behaving. Now, it is known that trauma can affect individuals differently. And the trauma can also vary as there's different types of trauma. Now, the trauma does not have to actually directly occur to the child, meaning the child could witness it, such as domestic violence. The child could watch something, some scary movies, like I was talking to my um, Miss Tina about what she did to her kids with the Grinch. That could be traumatizing to those kids. And it could be related to the divorce of a parent. Now, when we start talking about these things, like I said, as well as experiencing any type of child abuse, neglect, or child endangerment, Today's show is designed to discuss unresolved trauma. We also plan on providing information as to how to recognize if one's childhood trauma is affecting them as an adult, in their marriage, in their relationship, or even in their workplace. We look at our president. He's walking around here throwing little temper tantrums. So we're going to be talking about that. Now, if it is left untreated, one can experience difficulties as they either have difficulties with regulating their emotions, individuals can have difficulties in relationships, they can suffer from self-esteem issues, as well as demonstrate a negative outlook on life and suffer from some type of addiction. So let me join my caller on the air that I've been waiting for. Good afternoon. This is Jeanette. Welcome to Purchase Predicaments Blog Talk Radio. How are you doing? I am magnificent. How are you? <laughs> I'm great. I want to thank you first for joining me with such short notice. And it was interesting because when I saw that you sent me that um, message on Messenger, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to be talking about that this week. And for a lot of different reasons because we got so much going on. And, you know, I like to encourage, empower, and provide information to individuals. But tell the listeners who you are. Yes, my name is LaShawn Broaden, also known as Miss Lyric. I am a motivational speaker and inspirational artist and um, a leader of a a magnificent, you know, um, women empowerment movement called She Powerment. Mm-hmm. Now, and- when we start talking about childhood trauma, because you do a lot, you really do a lot, but I want to focus on when you're talking about the She Powerment Movement. Mm-hmm. And I want to see how that even originated, how it even started, because today's topic, we're talking about unresolved childhood trauma. And a lot of times, yeah. individuals don't realize how they can get stuck 
in places. You know, I grew up in Compton, and I did not realize that a lot of things that I saw, that I experienced, that I witnessed could have resulted in childhood trauma. I had no idea until I saw that test that they give individuals with the 10 questions, and I scored 8 out of 10. I was like, good Lord, all that stuff really happened in my life? But yet, mm-hmm, some individuals mm-hmm. say that they are victims, some people say they are a survivor. And you know I love that little the beast thing that you have on your for your emblem. So can you tell the listeners how She Empowerment Movement even got started and what it's about? Absolutely. Um, she Empowerment Movement um, was pretty much a vision that I had that I was already doing. Um, just pretty much, I've been working in in the in the entertainment industry, and it's definitely one of those industries that is you know determined to break the strong. Okay, so mm-hmm. in the entertainment industry. Um, I just saw so many broken type of people and which always made me want to figure out what, why was so many women in particular broken? Because I've seen a lot of, of male, you know, I'm, I'm in the male dominated industry and working with these, with these women, I was just seeing women just be taken advantage of women that didn't have any value or any worth. And then I went through some challenges myself, and um, that's luckily I, I, I came to meet you. But I went through some challenges myself of where I had to go back and, you know, evaluate my life because one of the things that I want to be as a leader is I want to be effective and real. So I'm not going to talk to you about being healed, right, if I'm not healed. I just mm-hmm. I really can't rock like that. So I had to go on a real quest for healing, and that's when I was like, and, you know, I did some things spiritually, but I still could not connect those dots, but I knew that the mind must be right. Mm-hmm. I, I just always like, yo, my mind has to be right because if my mind is not right, I'm no good. I can't think. I can't, you know, I can't eat right. You know, I can't do anything. And then finding so many women that related to me, you know, like, and had the same type of background. So when I'm talking to people and it's like me and this person are cool, I'm like, and we have the same type of background. It's, it's, and it, and it, it didn't matter what race of a woman that they were, you know, we had the same things in common. And I said, you know what, it's time to be a solution to that problem. You know, I, I, I hate to hear people complaining about things. So I said, okay, one thing one thing that I know is I am authentic, and I draw authentic people. So let me find the best people out here that specialize in healing, that specialize in the body, that specialize in the spirit, that specialize in money, and let me put these people together so that we can really be healed from whatever it is that's been holding us back. And I find that depression, um, you know, just one of the things that I'm finding, and, you know, again, I'm not an expert. I'm just a people person. And I just see so many people depressed. I see so many children depressed. I see so, and, and it's these children that are being raised by parents that have not healed. Yep. So I'm like, we gotta get, we gotta get right. And for some reason, 
you know, people want to follow me. So I'm like, well, let me get the right people connected to this vision. And that's one of the reasons that I reached out to you because you were very instrumental in my healing of me being able to forgive my, you know, myself, my mother, even my father. And I didn't even know I had beef with him. You know what I'm saying? But when I was able to, you know, sit down with you and really, you know, evaluate and say, yo, I need to get my mind right in knowing in, in the approach that you were able to make it relatable as to where I felt like I can really get healed, right? That's what, you know, that's what inspired me to bring, you know, mental health experts like yourself into into the movement, into the program, because I feel like, that's the main thing that women need. That's the main thing that people need. But and you know what? And, and I commend you for that lyric because when I met you, I was like, wow. And you was you was afraid. You had was yeah. holding on to something. It's like giving birth, and you was pregnant, meaning you were yes. scared to be a mother because of what you had already endured. And when we start talking about childhood trauma. A lot of times individuals don't realize when they're holding on to that trauma, they don't realize the impact that it has, the stronghold it has on them, as well as on other people that are trying to connect to them because they will push them away. They'll hurt them. They'll self-sabotage relationships. You know, because being a child, your childhood is your blueprint to life, meaning how your parents raised you, things your parents said. A lot of times people hold on to those things, you know, and we all are resilient in some ways. And I commend you. I, I commend you because, boy, you, I was like, woo wee. Woo wee. You hear me? I, I, and, I'm, and I'm telling it, and I'm telling it all so that, those that suffer, that, that they're not ashamed, man, because if I wouldn't have, you, like, that's why I, I you know, I just feel just so blessed, you know, to, to have, you know, to have you, to have had that, that, that time in to really work through those things. It was so hard for me, and I never would have sought out therapy if I didn't feel comfortable. You get me? I never, like, after that session, I was like, I just got to get more to me. I need to figure out, and I, I, I appreciate, you know, really being able to have someone that's an expert in the field that, that deals with all different type of people. You made me comfortable. You made me willing to open up and share, and I haven't been able to be vulnerable with anybody. You know what I'm saying? So it, it definitely, because of what happened to me, I felt like I couldn't trust anybody. And just being able to to trust, you know, and get past it, it's just, oh, my God, I'm, I'm so much better. And that's why I'm, like, the biggest advocate now. Like, everybody needs a therapist. Like, find your <laughs> therapist. Like, now. You know? <laughs> you know what? Your, your girl that sits up here texting on Facebook Live, she's talking about, yes, thank you, Heavenly Father, for this beautiful soul. And it's interesting because when she referred you to me, and I'll never forget getting a phone call. She was like, I got a friend. She's pregnant. We don't know what to do. da 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 She's a rapper, wonderful rapper. And, you know, and I just I just had to be me. And I just, that's the way I am. And when you start work, work with people from all walks of life, and I commend you, and you are a great mother because you were scared to be a mother. You really were scared to be a mother. That was frightening oh for you. Oh, my God. And I had to try to convince you 
to try to work through this because you didn't know what to do. You did not want to repeat the cycle. Now, we have another caller calling in that's on hold. Let me log this person out because they've been waiting patiently. Good afternoon. This is Jeanette. Thank you for your patience. Welcome to Pressure Predicaments Blog Talk Radio. How are you doing? Number ended in three. I'm doing good. Hello. Oh, you know what? No, I like that voice. <laughs> okay. Hi, <laughs> so, we, we start talking about unresolved childhood trauma. Now, we know, like I said, what makes it the path is the unresolved. People are afraid. They think it's normal. Sometimes they may repeat the cycle. I used to always say there's no such thing as a bad child. It's a hurt child. Someone's not listening to that child. In some cases, parents don't know any better. Parents may parent the way that they were parented. And so this is not to make individuals feel bad because you've got to get out of the shame, the guilt, the embarrassment. You've got to work on whatever. You may not be able to dig up the roots, but at least acknowledge that it even exists. So, Mr. Robert, how are you doing? And let's talk about this topic. I am doing good. Let's get on. What do you Trauma <laughs> is, is uh, very deep. It's uh, dealing with it's like peeling an onion. You you mm-hmm. peel one layer and there's another layer right underneath it. Mm-hmm. And it pretty much affects everything you do. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. And you know what, Robert? A lot of times individuals don't get that. And, and Lyric and, and you guys, because Lyric just recently became married. Congratulations, Lyric. Because you didn't know where that was going either. And... Um, <laughs> You were just scared of everything. Just even just scared of you. I was scared you know? of everything. <laughs> everything you were scared of. Uh, and Robert, you've been down that road before, and you have an organization that you do things. And um, when we start talking about the impact of relationship, a lot of times things look packaged well on the outside. We'd be like, you know what? He's smart. You got a good job. Or, you know, he looks good. He got a good job. But we don't realize that this person may have witnessed domestic violence. This child could have experienced severe poverty. This child could have dealt with a parent that has mental health issues. This child could have witnessed a, a homicide, suicide of their parent, anything. And we will date and we will think, well, because we lived in the same neighborhood, we grew up together. But we don't realize how that trauma may have an impact in one's relationship later in life. Lyric, I want you to first start with that. What are some of the things that you kind of noticed as your trauma was impacting your relationships with others? Oh, my God. Um, trust. I used to very much so say I had trust issues. Um, it was very hard for me to be... First of all, I, you know, my, my father raised me, and I had, you know, a lot of uh, masculine energy around me when I was younger growing up because my dad wanted to know I, I was, you know, raped and left for dead in, um, in a park when I was seven years old. And, mm. you know, my dad at that point told me it was time for man school. I didn't understand what man school was, but man school meant to toughen up, stop being nice, you know, and, 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 you know, being nice like that, ultimately, is what got you raped. That's what wow. I heard. Even wow. though he never said that, that's what I heard. I heard me being nice to people got me, you know, got me raped. I, I was nice to that man. I told him where to go, and he took advantage of me and tried to take my life. So 
So that was my mentality is can't trust no one. Mm-hmm. You can't trust anyone. So wow. how did that how did that work? What what kind of relationships am I gonna have with with men? And then trust a, a big trust issue was I started once I got old enough to to know, like I was seven years old and I was alone. I would never in my life leave my seven year old daughter be nobody's seven year old in my presence alone. You're not mm-hmm. going to no park by yourself. You know what? I wish you would sit down. So I I've developed trust issues for my mother and anybody that looked like her. Mm-hmm. So which means we hate women. Mm-hmm. I I had only if I liked you, if you were a, a nice nice to me, you know some you know it's just certain women I guess their their energy made me respect them. I had a couple aunties that they just were different to me, but for the most part, I didn't trust anybody loved me. I didn't trust anybody that but my father. He loved me and he would protect me. Everybody else is the enemy. So wow. I had that, and then my father went to prison when I was 15, so then I'm out here by myself, and not only am I out here by myself, I have two younger siblings, three, you know, three younger siblings that I have to make sure is straight, so now I have to really have a, a, a another mentality, so I couldn't develop love, kindness, compassion. I didn't, I didn't have that. I had to be tough. Yeah. I had to survive. And you know what? And a lot of times individuals don't realize where their survival skill comes from. And especially also if you grew up in a matriarchic family, as you were seeing it, I was thinking about my daughter telling me once before, she said, Mom, most women have daddy issues. You don't have daddy issues. You have mommy issues. And I didn't realize Mm -hmm. that until when my mother passed, all a lot of the different things that I had experienced as a child that I thought was normal, but I knew I didn't want to live like that. And trust becomes huge, as well as respect, as well as understanding what your role is, too. So a lot of times we see that. Now, from a male perspective, Robert, how did unresolved childhood trauma play a role in your life? Oh, probably the big, uh, the biggest factor would be being attracted to unemotionally available people. You mm-hmm. get uh, you you get uh, attracted to the people that are the toxic person in your family, and uh-huh. it just feels like home. So okay. you, you're just repeating the cycle. Uh, another thing I'd like to bring up too with with trauma, it's uh, epigenetics as well. You can inherit trauma from your parents. Yes, you can. So yes. it it goes deep. So it's like a generational curse. Uh huh. And and uh, it affects everything. It's affected my jobs, the bosses I I take. I, if there's a toxic person, I'm right there, right next to him, looking <laughs> it up. You know. <laughs> you know, it's like I remember somebody told me, and I didn't realize it. I was, it, ooh, God, I think I was in my late forties. A person told me, he said, Jeanette, you and your mother and your sister. You guys date men that I don't understand what y'all be doing. He said, as beautiful as you guys are, you guys date men that are not, you know, connect with. And he was one of them. And he was really bringing it to my attention. But that was all we knew from the trauma, from what I witnessed as a kid. I did not realize 
how that played a role in my adult life, but then I was a survivor, so I had this this attitude and this mentality, and I didn't realize how it made it difficult for other people to connect with me. And, and a lot of it was unresolved for a long time because it takes someone with patience. But then you also wonder, like you mentioned, Robert, how people are become like a, like, a, like a magnet. You know, you date people in your neighborhood, people you grew up with, and sometimes you think that's the person's for you. You think that they can relate to you more. And then sometimes you can wind up in what's called a trauma bond. And that's even yep. more dangerous. Very dangerous. That's an addiction. <laughs> yes, it is. Now, I'm on Facebook Live, so if you are watching on Facebook Live, Michael Fryer, you know, you can call in too. Give us a call at 516-387-1914 because a lot of times individuals get into relationships with individuals that have unresolved childhood trauma. And one of the things that the person may say to them, you're just like your mama, you're just like your daddy, that don't help the situation because they really don't know what that means because a lot of times some people can be in denial. Some individuals can be kind of comfortable with where they are. But a lot of it is fear-based and traumatic, and help is available. You can find a good therapist that you can connect with that can help you so that you can avoid situations of domestic violence, more child abuse or child endangerment or neglect, and learn how to engage in positive self-care. So let me go off of Facebook Live. And again, thank you for joining me on Facebook. Okay, so... When we start talking about these things, the unresolved, the invisible, you know, a lot of times, um, Lyric, I want to say, sometimes individuals are not even aware that this is having a stronghold on them. How did you get to the point to where you knew, i got to resolve this. This right here is not working for me. Ooh. Um. That's a good that that that's that's a definitely loaded question and it was a, it was you know knowing okay some days I'm happy and some days I'm I'm really not happy I'm very angry mm-hmm. I like the happy days I like to have oh. more of those happy days that that was the first thing it's like how do I have more of these days. How do I quit getting so angry? And why am I so mad? Like, why am I so pissed off? What's really wrong? You know, because I, I, I had times in my life where I was doing very well, you know, mm-hmm. but I was just thrown off. I just couldn't never connect. And I just was looking over my life and I said, I don't want to do it no more. I want to be happy more than I am sad and I'm having entirely too many sad days. Mm-hmm. So I started researching like what it took and you know, at first I went on my self healing journey and, you know, my self help book and uh all of the sermons and, you know, listening to preacher after preacher after preacher for days, watching Bible movies, you know, trying to be the new Jesus. Um, just mm-hmm. really trying to, you know, dig in, and it it worked for some days. I, I got mm-hmm. better, but I wasn't better, better. So I said, that's where we have to do something different, and that's when 
I, you know, that's when I was, you know, talking to Chris. What happened to me? I got pregnant, you know, and then uh-huh. really decide because I said, hey, this, this is the life in me, and you know, this this child did not expect to come here. Don't have to, uh-huh. you know. I'm bringing you here. I'm not gonna do to you what was done to me. I can't do that. So let uh-huh. me figure out how to be better. And then that's when my, you know, my sis told me. You need to talk to somebody beyond what you're doing, and and I was open to it. You know, I'm a, I'm a Christian, yes, absolutely, but I'm a realist. You know, and I couldn't get it myself. I just couldn't get it myself. As much as I tried, as much as I prayed, as much as I fasted, I just couldn't get it. So, mm-hmm. so I needed help. And you know what? And during I, that time, I realized I needed help. And during that time, too, you was also a gospel rapper. So at the same yeah. time, you were rapping gospel lyrics and yet was still hurting, and it took God putting a life in you in order for it to realize, you know what, something needs to change because this cycle yeah. needs to be broken. This pattern needs to be broken. Whatever is unresolved, we need to solve this, like, right now, right now. And a lot of times right now, individuals right don't even get to that point because they still get so stuck in their old ways. They don't know what to do or how to even go about it. And and then not only that, it's like you said, trust issues become huge. They don't know if people are going to believe their story. And sometimes people get tired of telling a story because they don't want to seem like they're having a pity party. And that's a whole other mm-hmm. issue. And there's a saying that hurt people will hurt other people. So a lot of times when individuals are going through their, their trauma, they may not even realize the impact that it may have on other people that even care about them. And it kind of goes into what Robert was saying is sometimes you, you're lured to that type of a person. And, you know, did you find that, and, and, and I know that your baby's father, your husband now, did you find that he had patience for you, or did he even know about your trauma at the time? Because some people don't tell him. Yeah, he, he, well, he did, right, but I, I look so strong. So he actually, you know, uh, my husband is my, my camera guy, so he got to go with me on my journey. You know, he had he got to see everything. You know, he got to see where, you know, where it happened. He got to meet my parents. He got to interview them. So, but I don't think that at that time he was looking at it, he was looking at it as a project, right? He wasn't looking mm-hmm. at me as his girl. It didn't affect him until I became his girl because we were friends first. So mm-hmm. it, it never affected him until we became, and, and that was the thing. I was like, I don't know. I'm just a great friend of the night. As soon as I cross over into more than friends, <laughs> I don't know how to do that. You know, so that was one of the reasons that I couldn't even, I was like, I don't even know about being with you because I don't want to hurt you, you know, because I know that I'm still hurt. I don't know what I'm still hurt from. So that's why I went on this journey to figure it out. That's what the taking the cameras and all of that was. I'm like, yo, well, you can turn the cameras on and watch me heal, you know, but I need to heal. And it it took, 
me going through that and when I actually, you know, got pregnant and, you know, met you and I found out that it was childhood trauma, right, that when I learned what it was technically and I started, you know, educating him on what was going on with me, why, why, you know, one minute I'm good, the next minute I'm cutting off. One minute I'm, I love you, the next minute I hate you. You know, like he was very patient because his, his mm-hmm. love is unconditional. My love had conditions. Wow. Because that I had right there, That right there is powerful. Because I remember dating and, and um, you know, maturing, and I would tell people, I make a good friend, but I'm a terrible at friendship. I'm a tonic friend. We can be the best buds. I got your back. You, but then if you try to date me, oh, my God. I'm going to get away from me. You're getting on my nerves. Everybody get on my nerves. <laughs> and, and the thing is, denial, you know how I am, Robert. Don't let don't my food. You mess with my food. We really don't have some issues. <laughs> you need to ask me, Jeanette, was you starved as a child? No, I wasn't starved as a child. Always had food. I went um, in concert, and they was giving out food. And I told my daughter, I said, they got a food line over here. My daughter said, go to the line. I said, but, but I'm in a Mercedes. What if they... What, what, what if they shunned me? What if they? And as soon as I pulled up, they said, "Ma'am, can you give a donation?" So I had to pretty much pay for the food they gave me, which was fine. But they gave me a big old bag of onions. Lyric, when I saw them bag of onions, all I could think about was being a child standing in my backyard throwing onions and potatoes and onions and grapefruits at folks because we used to have those big old bags of onions, you know. And it took me right back to a childhood trigger. So sometimes mm. when you're in a relationship. You have to be aware of your triggers. You know, you have to be aware of some of the things that you're doing and how it may impact other people. And I think, and and Robert, and you probably could speak on that, especially when you talk about narcissistic personality, because that is a term that is something new. A lot of individuals don't understand that, and especially because there are some parents that are narcissistic and yet they don't understand how traumatic that could be for a child. So can you speak on that a little bit in regards to even dealing with a person that's narcissistic? Well, a person that's narcissistic, is it, it's a spectrum. Uh, the narcissist on the extreme uh, spectrum, they've gone through the trauma too, but they didn't heal. Mm-hmm. Uh the person that's been through trauma that's codependent is in the, can heal. They can't heal. So a lot of times they don't even recognize that there's a problem because they project, they put their character defects on other people. They don't have any character defects. Wow. So right. it's, it's very, very difficult dealing with somebody. Uh, and uh, I like the term toxic, whether, you know, sociopath, narcissist i think toxic would be a better term for them because mm-hmm. they they just basically it's like uh burnt soil you know they'll they they'll burn the whole place down mm-hmm. and it, uh a lot of people that are codependent have a a narcissist as a parent in my case it was a brother and uh, that's where a lot of my trauma comes from, dealing mm-hmm. with dysfunction in the family. And let's pretend like there's nothing wrong. 
You know what? You brought up an interesting point because a lot of times when we talk about unresolved childhood trauma, most of the time the labels or the, the, the stigma goes on the parent. And sometimes it's not the parent. It can be a sibling. You know, a person could be traumatized by a brother or a sister or a bully, incest of a of sibling, you know, and that's something that is such a secret within the family. In the individuals don't realize that that can carry a lot of weight into your adulthood. Now, I'm looking at some information, and this was done by the Michigan ACE Initiative. Now, they indicated how to recognize if your childhood trauma is affecting you as an adult and how to heal. Now, when we start talking about it, and one of the things the article talks about is the past doesn't always stay where it should because it's going to come out in what you do. It's going to come out in what you say and how you act. And you may worry that your childhood trauma will ruin your happiness or your relationship or even other professional areas of your life. You know, there's a lot of individuals that are professionals. I was talking about the president, and his niece was talking about how a lot of his behavior is the result of his childhood. And so there's a lot of professionals out there, doctors, lawyers, judges, that got some unresolved issues that maybe they, you know, projected onto other people. In therapy, we call it counter-transparent issues, but there's a lot. Now, when we start talking about that type of trauma, many individuals don't know or don't even know where to start, whether that's try to figure out how to heal. But you haven't been feeling yourself lately. People start uh, wondering whether they're suffering from unresolved childhood trauma that they thought was over. And it could be trauma could be leaking into your adult life, and maybe you could feel that everything is turned upside down. Now, when we start talking about that, what is unresolved trauma? Many people have heard of it. Like I said, unresolved is stuff that just didn't go away. Or people thought that it was hidden, and that may not be the case. It could be a memory, even if it's pushed back even in your subconscious. Um, I was looking, and I said something on um, Facebook earlier when I did the recording. I was on Instagram last night, and I saw my um, daughter-in-law had took her kids somewhere, and I didn't know, I thought maybe she took them, like, to some kind of amusement park. I know a lot of things are not open, but she had her beautiful little girl sitting, like, in the middle of a little bridge thing on a bench, and, and my daughter said it was a photo shoot. I didn't know, but the Grinch walked up behind them, and the little girls wasn't paying no attention, but the, but my granddaughter and stuff was laughing at her, so when the Grinch got behind them, posing, and then tapped the little girl on the shoulder. The little girl didn't pay no attention. The Grinch put his face in that little girl's face. That little girl, like she's ready to poke that Grinch's eyes out. And then the other kids start seeing it. And I, <laughs> Robert, I gotta, Robert, I know you are my Instagram. I got to tag you that video. When I saw okay. that, I thought about it. I said, if that would have been me and my sister, Lord, I would have been throwing blows, socking him in the eye, kicking him in the ball. I would have been doing all kinds of stuff. Them little kids were sitting there like, what the hell is this? But what I was explaining to my daughter was that could be traumatic for them kids. They could be scared of the Grinch from now on, but thinking, I see this stuff on TV, but now the Grinch came and tapped me on my shoulder. But when that little girl saw that little green thing, she was like, what the hell is this? <laughs> <laughs> and they taking pictures. 
But the thing is, many traumatized children feel that they've always been on their own and they can do the best they can to work things out for themselves. And that kind of goes back to what you said earlier, meaning, you know, I could do this, I got to take care of my, my siblings, and we become survivors. But when we start talking about that, there's no template for working out unresolved childhood trauma. You have to have your own experience, and these have affected you in your own particular way. Now, the root of your childhood traumas, unfortunately, may stay unresolved, but those symptoms might go underground for a while, but stress can cause that emotional upheaval or an event that serves as a close reminder of your earlier traumas can put you back in original experiences. I don't know what it was because I didn't. I never liked the Grinch even when I was a kid growing up. And you know, our parents lie to you about Santa Claus because you go sit on that man's lap. I'm like, I'm not sitting on that man's lap, you know. So we gotta be mindful of some of the different types of trauma and the causes and how to get some help. Now, Robert, what worked for you in regard to trying to get some help? Because I know you said your brother. Yeah, that uh, a lot of the memories were suppressed of the abuse mm-hmm. and uh, the the issue with uh, the divorce and everything and mm-hmm. me researching everything. I started going, wow, that sounds just like my brother. Mm-hmm. And uh, a lot of the trauma came bubbling to the surface that had been suppressed and in my unconscious. And it was like, holy crap, that's deep. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was it was down in the very core of my soul. And mm-hmm. once I got that out and worked it out, it was like it was like pulling out a, a thorn that had been there for you know five ten years. Correct. And you know, and it's interesting you use the pulling out a thorn because it could be there, and sometimes you don't even. It becomes your norm. It becomes normal. Yep. It becomes you know, other people's fault and people just don't understand and people don't care. And and then individuals can have abandonment issues where they feel that they're being abandoned by someone. They can develop trust issues, um, have difficulties communicating, especially regulating their emotions. And I like how you talked about the anger. And that's one of the things that most individuals experience with unresolved childhood trauma is the anger and the resentment sometimes, and the numbness, where sometimes they will numb themselves. Can you share a little bit about what that anger was like for you? Yes. Anger, oh, it was crippling. It Anger had my life just, oh, my God, because I know the quality of life now. And just, I I remember how angry I was, and it just was overwhelming. That that would be the the best word to describe, like, my emotions. I I just could not control my day. Like, if, if I woke up angry, it was just the worst day of my life. And thing I did would make it worse and worse. And I just kept. Attracting, I didn't understand that I could have canceled that, but I just kept attracting those things to me because I was just so angry, and I didn't know why. 
I didn't know why I was angry. Like, I hated going to work. I hated this person. This person, oh, my God, I just cannot stand you. Like, person come around me, and, and, and especially if they were a little bubbly, Kind of like how I am now. <laughs> like, why are you so happy? <laughs> I kind of how I am now, right? Like, like a person like me coming around me back then. I'm like, man, if you don't get out my face, what are you so happy for? Like, calm down. It don't take all that. You know, that was my attitude. And for me to be this person now, I never want to do that again. It's like, ugh. It just was overwhelming. It just, I, I mean, I, I was a horrible person my quality of life was horrible I you know my bills I I just couldn't handle anything because everything was escalated because I was so angry and it's Mm -hmm. just things that didn't even have to be why was I so mad but I was just hurt you know I was hurt from not you know dealing with my issues you know couldn't look at myself in the mirror without being angry. Like I find something wrong with me. I, I, I couldn't even see the beauty within myself, even though I acted like I was like, oh, my God, look at my chin, look at my head. You know, it was just always something to complain about. Mm, you know what? That's interesting. I couldn't, you said I couldn't take a compliment. Somebody tell me I'm pretty. Oh, what what do you want? What you what, 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 What's your angle? What you want? You know, it was always something. And you know what? And I find that in a lot of women and even men, because that's where the self-esteem issues play a part. To no matter how that person may see them, view them, acknowledge the good in them, they still struggle with a lot of self-esteem issues. Now, getting back to um, seeking out therapy, someone that you can talk to. One of the things is you want to find a therapist who understands the impact of childhood experiences on adult life, particularly traumatic areas. Now, a lot of times when we're talking about even finding a therapist, some people like to find therapists. I get calls and they'll say, well, do you specialize in EMDR? Now, one of the things is whenever something gets good or hot off the press, everybody want to get and jump on board. That doesn't mean that it's going to work for everybody because everybody, people have their own unique experiences. But EMDR is one form of therapy that is actually used. And also they have what's called trauma-informed care. Because a lot of times when you find a person that is um, make you feel that they have empathy, they're listening to you, because all some, most people want is just to be validated just to know that someone cares. You want to also make sure that there's a safe therapeutic space, one in which you can build trust. You've got to be able to trust the therapist and know that just because the therapist is challenging you or bringing things out of you, it doesn't mean that they're trying to hurt you or re-victimize you. So what I'm seeing to individuals out there that don't go to a therapist one time and say, I ain't never going back. Because all you did was just basically just gave them just a little bit of information. So you have to continue, no matter how bad it hurts, you've got to work through it. And trust is important. And your therapist must understand and allow for the trust at first. Because when you came in my office, I was prepared. I'm like, okay, let me see how this goes out. You know? <laughs> let me see. But I allowed you that space to go through that boxing match. You know, I allowed you the to be able to feel and to explode because if not, individuals go in and they talk to a stranger 
It's like I heard a person say, first people gonna tell you what they think you want to hear, then what's gonna make them look or sound good before you even get to the truth. Because a lot of times individuals are not gonna just come out and tell you the truth. Another thing is all feelings need to be allowed, encouraged, and heard. Those feelings might be fear, terror, deep sadness, and anger. And your therapy needs to unfold at your pace, meaning you want the therapist to allow you the ability to go at your own pace and not rush rush you. And you should not be pushed or judged or expected to move faster than you can. Now, that doesn't mean that they're going to let you be fixated in a certain area, but part of it is to get you to think. Now, Robert, I'm going to ask you, what worked for you to try to help you with some of the areas that you found yourself stuck with your trauma? Uh, uh, The thing that's helped me the most is talk therapy. Talking about uh, how I'm doing emotionally, Mm -hmm. uh, because when uh, growing up, I was always uh, told to be a man, man, don't cry, you know, uh, you don't talk about your emotions. Go somewhere else. So I learned to stuff my emotions. And that's where, you know, I heard uh, the other caller uh, talk about anger. That's where my anger was stemming from because I bottled up my emotions. I kept them and stuffed them, and they became dense. And then, they, then they'd come out in anger. For me, mm-hmm. talk therapy and talking to others that are that are in similar situations have had similar traumatic experiences growing up that's healing being Uh authentic being honest and going in and working with the shadow those things that are unconscious bring them out into the light i like that very very therapeutic you said bring them out in the shadow. Even if you did have somebody or knew somebody like me, I remember sitting in that room. I used to be in this. I used to be so mad in there with some of them guys. <laughs> <laughs> so what I want to share some things are the following are examples of adverse childhood experiences, stressful experiences that can lead to long-term effects in adulthood, meaning if you don't do anything about it, these are some of the things that can happen to physical abuse, sexual abuse, emotional abuse, physical neglect, emotional neglect, witnessing domestic violence, substance misuse within the household, mental illness within the household, separation or parental divorce, incarceration of a household member, sudden death of a family member, caring for someone with a chronic or debilitating illness. And see, a lot of times individuals don't realize that, but if you became the parentified child and you had a parent that was suffering from some type of addiction or mental health issue, that could be a childhood trauma for individuals. And they may not even realize that because they were put in a caregiver's role at a very, very young age, which could later develop, they could develop people-pleasing behavior looking for validation or um, affirmation from other people. So these, these, these are just some of the things that happen. Now, I want to go through, because I just need some of the different things that can, um, that can lead to long-term effects in adulthood. But then when we start talking about with the trauma, childhood trauma has been strongly linked to depression, 
substance use, anxiety, eating disorder, and other mental health disorders that are present in adulthood. So that's why when, when people go see their therapist, and I'm thinking about when I was watching one of the Medea films, and she was talking to Dr. Phil, and he said, tell me about your childhood, or tell me about your childhood. And every time he would ask a question, she would ask a question, because he was trying to get to where some of the stuff started. And a lot of times individuals don't even like talking about their childhood. Even when I'm working with couples that are having relational issues, I always have to go back to what they witnessed and experienced as a child because that's where a lot of it starts. Now, individuals who were abused in childhood and who did not seek proper treatment are more likely to struggle with conflict resolution, have poor stress management in adulthood. So if if you're married to someone and the person has unresolved childhood trauma, they may struggle with resolving conflict. So when you say, um, honey, I need to talk to you about washing the dishes, that person may become defensive. You don't know what it's going to trigger. And then you wonder where some of this stuff is coming from. And as a result, also, they're more likely to use food, uh-uh, Drugs, alcohol is a coping mechanism to deal with any underlying internal conflicts as they deal with any depression or anxiety that may have developed from their past traumas. You know, uh, Robert, for a long time, I didn't know that food was my issue, was, a, was my coping mechanism. I just thought I just liked food. And then I thought I was just eating to make myself unattractive So I realized I ate somebody. You know, because I didn't know that, that that was what they did in regards to we talking about childhood trauma. Now, when we start getting into some of these things with the addiction and mental health disorders, it also talks about the attraction to unhealthy relationships, Robert, and you touched on that. Because it is common for adults who experience trauma in childhood to be attracted to unhealthy individuals and emotionally unavailable people or abusive people. Individuals fit their trauma identity, which can often lead to a new cycle of trauma and past abusive memories and feelings. So, Robert, there is a connection with that. And a lot of times, individuals, when we start talking about emotionally unavailable, we think, oh, that's a challenge, or they're just trying to play hard to get. No, they are just really emotionally unavailable. Any comments in regards to that, Robert? Yeah, that goes deep. If you uh, if you really looked at that issue and looked really hard and did your soul searching, you'd find out that you yourself are emotionally unavailable. Mm-hmm. And you true. seek out somebody to partner with to play to do to do the toxic tango dance that we do. Mm-hmm. And, and again, you know- it's just uh, repeating. It's a vicious cycle. It just keeps repeating. That is true. That is true. And many individuals, like you said, sometimes they become unaware. Sometimes it becomes a comfort zone. You know, because to me, people that was emotionally unavailable, I didn't have a problem with it because I wasn't available either. So <laughs> I was like, okay, right. I'm along just fine. Sometimes that you think that that'll make the relationship last longer, but it really don't. And like I said, individuals are aware of the past sometimes and that they what they need, what they want, and they still choose to connect with others that can lead them down the wrong path due to their unconscious influence from their childhood. And often traumatic feelings are familiar 
and many will choose abusive relationships regardless if they were aware that these are not the right choices. And I, my sisters and I, we were notorious for that. We would find men. Now, see, most of the men that I would date would be afraid of me. They'd be like, uh-uh, we can't be um, abusing her. <laughs> she <won't go> on. <laughs> <laughs> I still think my baby sister is more dangerous than I am. She just be screaming and hollering when she's trying to beat you up. I just pop you in the, and I don't even have to be drunk, mad, crying, or nothing. You could you done got on my nerves. You done ate my food, so <laughs> now we got problems. But it's like that's not healthy. That is so not healthy. Another thing, lyric. I don't know if you dealt with this, but some individual they will lose their childhood memory. And when, the other, when another person is dating them or they're trying to learn about them or gain information, they block things out of their memory. Did you block out a lot of things, Lyric, or do you believe that you blocked some things out in regards to part of being a defense mechanism? Absolutely. Absolutely. That mm-hmm. way, that's why I was so angry, because I didn't have to, you know, see it. You know, once, once, once you see it, you deal with it. You deal with it. But mm-hmm. if you don't know, it's, I, I was blocking it. it. It's a lot of things, you know, other than, you know, the rape that was traumatic, you know, mm-hmm. that I didn't want to think about. It's like, no, 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 you know, you put it into that uh, to that place. And, and, I, and I found that place. I tell everybody um, when that happened to me at seven, I lost my color. That's when I realized that it was black and white. I didn't have any more color. Like, that happened to me. And I just, I didn't have the color, which is the imagination, all of the fluffy, the bunnies, the, you know, all of that stuff that no mm-hmm. kids still have. I'm, that was dead. It, it was black and white. So what I did, because, you know, my, my situation was pretty publicized. Um, it was all on the news. I could not go anywhere without being recognized for what happened to me. So... Mm-hmm. My dad ended up sending me even out of the state. You know, I had to go live with my grandmother in Alabama because it was just very overwhelming. Imagine if Trayvon Martin was still alive and people got to talk. That's just how people were treating me. Like they were just, you know, asking me questions about what happened. Are you okay? You know, or it was pity. So I didn't like feeling pity. And I didn't like feeling, you know, like a victim. And that's how people made me feel. You know, I didn't feel like I overcame anything. I felt weak when I was around people. So what happened for me is I found, like, my place. And I would go there and blank out. You know, mm-hmm. I would often go there. My, and that's the same place that I went where I would get so angry and fight people and snap out of it and, in puddles of blood mm. because I was so I I found a place that I can go in my mind and block everything out and leave. I will always go on vacation, you know, and um, yeah. So I definitely blocked a lot out of out of my out of my life so that I didn't mm-hmm. have to deal with it and hurt and hurt about that every day. I couldn't. It was too much. And you know, in part of what you're saying, and I'm hearing, it sounds like um, some, some individuals engage in self-mutilating behaviors, you know, which is another thing. And the loss of childhood memories can lead to identity and self-esteem problems in adulthood. And then we have what's called the avoidance of relationships. 
Individuals who experience negative developmental experience in childhood may lack social skills and desire for closeness in adulthood. So when you're trying to get them and you date them and you want to invite them to family gatherings and they don't, they're not used to it, their childhood trauma can play a role in that. And they may just be missing out on social interaction and imminent relationship, communication skills, conflict resolution skills. You know, and as I'm looking at this, I'm thinking about my um, my son's baby mother, her boyfriend, and some of the things, you know, with family. Everybody's family is not close. And when you sit with someone that got that type of, of um, trauma, like I said, there is help available. And another thing that can happen is chronic illness. Traumatic memories and experience can be so deep into the body, contributing to chronic stress, which can harm one's physical health. And post-traumatic experience can increase the cortisone in your body, and it can have a long-term effect leading to obesity, diabetes, autoimmune disorders, heart disease, and increase the risk for certain cancers. So bottom line is, Larry, that stress can eat people up, and it can also result in an early death, sometimes suicide, because individuals feel that they have no way out. So those are just some of the things that we see that can happen if it's unresolved. But like I said, help is available. You can call Better Health. You can check with your EAP, if which is called Employee Assistance Program. You can utilize your medical health benefits because there's normally a mental health component. So there is help out there. Now, I'm going to let you go first, Robert. Robert, what is the organization? Are you still doing your groups for, um, in regards to your support group for narcissism? Or narcissistic yes, behavior? I, I still have that on, on Facebook, uh, Narc Survivor. Uh, still involved with 12 Steps. Uh, and I've been reading a book. There's a, a therapist in uh, in uh, British Columbia. His name is Ross Rosenberg, and he calls uh, codependency self-love deficiency disorder. Mm. And I really, really that that's probably a better term for it. Mm-hmm. And it's all related to trauma. Okay. And uh, his book, he's got a book, uh, uh, The Codependent Narcissist Magnet, mm-hmm. how they get together in a toxic relationship and feed off each other. Mm-hmm. That's been very healing for me okay. to, to read and uh, get involved with that. But, uh, yeah, there's there's lots of ways to, to uh, get help. CODA is a, a very good... Uh, uh, organization in the 12 steps. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, Larry, how can people find you and what the project that you're working on in regards to those that are listening out there? Okay. Sorry, I had my mute on. Um, yes. So you can find me, the, the best way to find me would be at IamMissLyric.com. And that's I am M Z L Y R I K dot com. Um, I am currently, you know, doing a, a 21 day challenge where I'm challenging people to work on their mind and their mindset. Um, you know, just really trying to help people during this 
uh, mm-hmm. holiday season prepare themselves, uh, you know, for being better, for healing, you know. So mm-hmm. I know that 21 days isn't enough, you know, to heal completely, but I feel that it's a, a great start to, you know, to open up, you know, and deal with those things. So just really trying to bring people together, you know, that need healing, you know, during this time and bringing the experts together like yourself um, that can really provide, you know, real resources because I feel that, you know, like one of my driving factors is I lost my friend um, to suicide. She killed herself because, you know, she just couldn't take it. And, and we were very much so alike so much that people thought we were, you know, twins or sisters. And, mm-hmm. you know, my driving factor behind this is she killed herself around Thanksgiving. And I just, I've I've literally had people inboxing me about suicide and mental health issues right now, and I just really feel the time is now for healing. So I'm doing a 21-day makeover healing fest where we're going to be, you know, diving in over the next 21 days to really get our minds right so we don't have to go into another year broken. You know, that's, that's what the goal is. Well, you know what? I like that because there are a lot of individuals that are broken and, um, you know, trying to let them know that, that help is available. Sometimes, I know on two seasons when we do the, the show from the pulpit to the couch. Now, where can they find your gospel music? Are you still making music or have you, what have you yes. done? Oh, my God. Yes. So, like, that's why I said if you if they go to I Am Miss Lyric, that's pretty much everything I do. So, you know, that way if you need empowerment, if you need music, my music is therapy, you know. Um, I'm working on a new project, which is is going to be so phenomenal because I'm going to even dive in more. But I have music that I'm going to be releasing um, within this challenge. So because my music, I believe that my music is therapeutic and that it goes with, you know, what with what we're doing. So, um, yeah, so just connect with me. Oh, Instagram, it's God for me. Um, and you can inbox me, you know. Like you can inbox me. I also post here on your live, so I can post. I'll post the link, so if people want to like you know click on it. If you don't understand anything I'm saying, I'll post it um, right there as well, so you can click and find me in the click and just you know let me know I want to join the challenge, and we'll go ahead and put you in the group and get you connected. Well, I am definitely looking forward to working with you because I enjoy it. And you know when you call me, I'm always available. I'm like okay. Anything you say, but okay, let's do it. Let's do it. Okay. <laughs> I make time. Right, even my you, you, crazy, like you know, I'm... you know the inside. You you know, you know, you know. And 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 I'm and I'm so and I'm so glad to be, you know, one of those that can, you know, even, you know, you know, show people the type of of effective therapist that you are. You know what I'm saying? Like people, I I don't know if if everybody that we're gonna connect with. It's going to be your client, but I know that you have value, you know, and I know that the the way that you speak about mental health is so relatable that it makes people want to, you know, really take care of their mind. And, and so I'm, I'm very excited to have you be a part of this project because I feel like going on this journey, you, you helped me so tremendously 
with discovering what I needed to do in order to heal. So I know that you are definitely a key, you know, to this to this challenge and, you know, challenging people to, you know, get the mental help that they need. You know what I mean? Well, one of the things you know, Lyric, is I don't be looking for clients because, <laughs> Robert, I, you know, I, I Robert, know. you know, you know, you know so Robert, from the sun up to the sun down, I'll be like, Lord Jesus, I need a break. So, but, you know, I do the best <laughs> that I can. I did. I really do the best I can. I try to reach those that I can. That's why I enjoy doing the podcast, the talking, because, you know, you never know where you, you who you're going to connect with. You really don't know. So I want to thank you guys for joining us here at Precious Predicaments Blog Talk Radio. I was trying to come up with a topic for tomorrow, and I had to go through some of my paper. And you kind of helped me with this lyric. And the topic for tomorrow is going to be, we are the seed. So a lot of times we yes. just realize that we are the light, we're the seed. We're, all, we're, we're here to be able to help people to grow and glow. Because a lot of individuals do want to give up. So tomorrow's topic, we are the seed. At Precious Predicaments Blog Talk Radio. Until then, remember, you got this. Thank you, Robert. Thank you, Lyric. Talk to you guys later. Thank you so much. All right. Okay, bye-bye. Bye, Jeanette. Bye-bye.